This is Gross Anatomy, where pop culture meets health culture. Let's get to it. Hello, welcome to Gross Anatomy, Allie. Hello, Allie Squared. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Hi, Jason. How you doing? Hi, guys. I love that it's the Allie episode. It's the Allie episode. That should maybe be the title, or at least the subtitle. I'm changing my name today to Allie. It's only fair. <laughs> and for anyone listening, Allie is an old colleague of mine, and she now runs a wellness company called My Wellco. So I thought I'd reach out to her and ask her a few questions about wellness and what brought her into the space. We were previously working in a very cocktail focused space only. And then she was really great at shifting into wellness cocktails and lots of other wellness trends. So she's got lots of cool experience. So basically when you just said that the two of you know each other from what space? That the alcohol space? Yes. So does that mean a lot of drunken hangout times together? Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. We're gonna up that. Okay. All right. Okay. It's on the rise. <laughs> what were you doing in the in that space together? I'm just curious. I don't I'd love to know. Yeah. yeah so I'll let Allie take away a little bit of what she does now and then we can explain. I was sort of like a coordinator helping her with specific projects, but what she does is I'll let her take it away. Sure. Yeah. So we met working together at Cocktail Academy and Cocktail Academy is a premium bar catering offer. And Allie and I worked together and we were kind of coming up with a lot of new initiatives. But my background is in events and health and wellness. So recently I have created a better for you cocktail bar with Cocktail Academy where Allie and I met that we're kind of working on more functional, better for you cocktails that have adaptogens. Can you hear my dog? That it's sorry. Hey, come. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's okay. She's a welcome guest on Gross Anatomy. Yeah, we love we love animals on Gross Anatomy. Yes, perfect. Um, yeah, so Well Spirited was born as a collaboration between my Wellco and Cocktail Academy, where we're really helping to okay, I'm gonna put her in a crate. I'm so sorry. Give me two seconds. Sure, sure. She's a troublemaker. You have enough of those, you know. I'm used to it. How many do you have right now? We only have three right now. Only three. Yeah, yeah exactly. We've had four. Is that you the have? No, it's been a topic up for debate in my house if we want pets. If? You don't know if you do yet? I mean, we do, but if now is the time. If you're ready. Yeah, are we traveling too much? Or It's like a yeah. lot of weddings. I think Rachel's invited to nine weddings this year. Wow. Record numbers. So is our home enough? Does it make sense? You know? No, that's true. You got to... Or you got to like make deals with like your folks or something and say, hey, you know, would you be willing to watch this, uh, this animal? I think ideally, I mean, I know my mom would if she didn't have her own dogs. So this might be a little grim, but when she doesn't have her own dogs <laughs> in a few years, uh, maybe that would be a better time. And she wouldn't mind like coming to stay at my empty apartment with whatever dog or cat I have, you know, like then it would be a good little setup there. Yeah. Allie Krupnik, is that a new dog for you or? Yeah, she was a foster fail during COVID somewhat. She's two years old. A foster fail. She seems happy. A foster fail. Not a fail. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A foster win for me. Yes. <laughs> Where did we leave 
off. So we worked at Cocktail Academy. You merged your Cocktail Academy experience and my Wellco to bring a premium wellness cocktail. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So kind of working with Cocktail Academy, realizing that this non-alcoholic and better for you beverage experience was kind of like a gap in the market. And for me personally, as a wellness coach, I always have been really passionate about better for you food and beverage, maximizing your performance. I was always kind of changing my ingredients in the cocktails that I would order out at bars. And it was like, why is there just like so much sugar and these additives in alcohol? And then learning all about a lot of science, I feel like is coming to the surface of the toxicity of alcohol on your brain and your body. And I was like, I think that, and with all the booming also of non-alcoholic product, just trying to really specialize in that more wellness-focused clientele to give them better options when they're out socializing. So you started the company Mm -hmm. by yourself? Well, it's a partnership with Cocktail Academy and me. So it's called Well Spirited, but we tag team as in I'm the wellness director kind of curating the recipes. And then Cocktail Academy helps me with the execution part with the bartenders and kind of really knowing how to make a balanced cocktail. I'm digressing a little bit, but how were you able to convince them? Did you have to put together a whole pitch or something or to say, hey, let's do this thing? Or or were they, was it something they wanted to do? How did you even get them on board? with that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was a transition since they were always like their biggest clients are like Diageo and like the spirit brands of the world. So kind of even exploring a new vertical of just non-alcoholic product in general was a bit of a just conversation. But I think Matt was really He's a he's very creative and kind of a trendsetter and kind of loves taking on new opportunities. And I've known him and Cocktail Academy for like five years or so and they kind of trusted me. So we were like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, for some context, Jason, he's the founder and Ali has worked with Cocktail Academy and been crushing it for years. So they knew she had the follow through and the ability to make it all happen. So that kind of leads to a question of it sounds like they were open minded and seeing a bit of a gap in their market. A lot of people have a hard time shifting their mindset to non-alcoholic beverage or better for you cocktail. My first question for you is how is investing in wellness helped you both personally and professionally? So whether that's helped Cocktail Academy and you, how is that investment and being a certified health coach, bringing that to the table? How's that been? I'm sure a great personal journey, but also how's that giving back in your business? Oh yeah. I mean, I think I'm so passionate about the space because I like to to walk the talk and talk the talk, walk the walk and talk the talk, because it has transformed my life personally. Like I think because I really take time to prioritize my wellness, I think that's the only way I could be doing two startups and taking on two full-time clients at the same time and having sanity and still enjoying life and not working around the clock. It kind of really gives those pillars to set yourself up for not having burned out being able to just enjoy enjoy life and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I love that. My follow-up for you, which you kind of already touched on, is what parts of the cocktail industry are you seeing change and what do you see see the same? So like, are those bigger clients open-minded to these wellness cocktails? Are you seeing some people trying to pump the brakes on it? What does it feel like on your end? 
I think the biggest thing that we're seeing is that there are so many non-alcoholic spirits that are coming to market that people don't really know what to do with. And there's so many types of them. It's just like overwhelming. So I think that's the biggest change that we're realizing is that there is a huge moneymaker in the actual non-alcoholic spirit space. And they're not all good. A lot of them are pretty shitty. (laughs) We did a blind taste test and then literally we're like, this tastes like mop water. And I don't think anyone would really enjoy this. But then we took a step back too. And it was like, well, when people first tried alcohol for the first time, that, that was repulsive. So it also just might be like a taste buds thing. So I think there really is a craft that is being developed on this path of making things taste good in an elevated way. And that's the opportunity of helping consumers understand that there is a way to have a new, better for you drinking ritual and giving them the tools to make a cocktail that is really well balanced and tastes good, but kind of like navigating navigating that whole new spirit as its own industry. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm not like a big drinker and and I'm certainly not someone savvy in this whole industry, the spirit industry. So tell me what is it that people would drink? Is it basically like a virgin bloody mary? Teach me. Teach me what it what this is a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'll pull up a few. Like there's a couple of non-alcoholic spirits that you can just be used as a replacement. So you can do a margarita with, and some of them look like really sexy. This is a tea-based non-alcoholic product. It does look very sexy. Yeah, rasa. And it has shishanda berry, white ginseng, yuzu, lemon, hibiscus, grapefruit peel. A lot of the non-alcs will have just like as a one-to-one replacement. So instead of your tequila, you're going to put in a a spirit-free tequila. You could do it just as a one-to-one replacement, or you could do it without a base. You can do a matcha margarita, and instead of tequila or a spirit-free product, you can add in mushrooms and adaptogens to kind of give a buzz in a way that alcohol somewhat does through more natural forms. So the products that you're selling are totally non-alcoholic? We do some, it's a better for you cocktails, mostly non-alcoholic, but then we also do like cleaner versions of your standard go-to. So instead of simple syrup, we'll replace it with honey, things like that. So we still do with alcohol. So it's less alcohol and a healthier version of the thing. So you exactly got it. Got it. And are some of your products marijuana infused or CBD or THC? We, yeah, we do work with Pamos, which is a, they have THC. They're like a spirit with both CBD and THC. So yeah, we do that. And then some of the beverages have CBD as well. We're not totally there yet, but we use them. That's really cool. I think it might also be kind of a generational thing, how she's lowered alcohol consumption in her life versus how Jason would. And if you have, if you haven't, then you can be honest about that too. This is a safe space. Um, (laughs) Sally creating like adaptogenic cocktails. And I also will go to like Boisson or New Bar and grab an interesting one-to-one swap. I like that or a THC beverage. But how are either of you lowering alcohol consumption? What would a swap for you look like? 
I rarely drink during the week. So I've kind of cut that out. And then on the weekends, I will do one spirit alcoholic drink. And then my second one will be non-alcoholic. So that's kind of how I've balanced it where I still, I'm not like sober by any means, but that kind of gives a good balance. That's what I've done. And just that non-alcoholic drink, it's in place of say like a, a lemonade or something like that. Yeah, I like to go to bars. I mean, there's more in LA than a lot of places, but I like to go to bars that have a good spirit-free menu where they're like, you can get something in a really sexy glass that isn't just like soda water and a lime. So that's really fun to like see that on the menu because then that's an easy choice. And no one even knows. You're like, oh, I've been, I have a gin and tonic that looks like a gin and tonic, but it's not at all. And it's like 20 calories. Alternatively, I would bring like some of my own little bitters and make my own soda water. Yeah. yeah. I, as an old guy, a few things. I was never, I mean, I guess when I was younger, I was more of a drinker back in the day, a little bit, but I was never that big of a drinker. A part of it is because I feel like I'm always on call. So while I do have other colleagues who, even when they're on call as doctors, feel or potentially on call, feel like they could have a drink. For me, I'm, I usually only drink if I know I'm totally off or away on vacation, which unfortunately isn't that often. So I don't tend to drink. But I do like, and it'd be interesting to try your beverages. You know, Trader Joe's has all these cool sodas, you know, like this Mm -hmm. Ruby Red or this this soda. It'd be a nice alternative probably to start, you know, on Friday nights if I'm on call or backup call to try some of your beverages. Are they sold in stores too or they're really only in bars? We work in collaboration with different spirits and brands, but we're not producing any ourselves. So I just have partner like this is the Rasa Fada as a partner of ours and we'll work with like a ritual or something like that which are things that you would see in voice on, but we're not packaging them ourselves. We'll come up with the recipes and then execute them at events. So voice on is a non-alcoholic liquor store. I can share that. Yeah. In the- Thanks for teaching me. Yeah. The new bar no on the West side. That's it, just in Venice that I know of where I've seen it. Whereas voice on's yeah. in like New York, Miami and a few locations in LA. So I'll share those. I can put those in the show notes. You can go in, they'll let you try all these things. You tell them what you like. They'll show you swaps. They gave me something called nightcap that I really liked, which is sort of just like a chill, like whiskey vibe for end of day. They're very fun to go in and taste at. And you just tell them what you like. And some of them, they'll even say like, this is a really good swap for like a mezcal margarita, but you can also pour a little tequila or mezcal in this and it makes a great Mm -hmm. mixer. So they're there for like the sober curious, not just the like fully sober. It's not a space that excludes anyone. Cool. Yeah. Do you know Ali Nana Merriweather? Do you know that name? No, I don't. Who's Nana Merriweather? Either of you Allies? No? No. We actually had her on as a guest. I knew her a zillion years ago because she was pre-med a zillion years ago, but then pivoted. She was a volleyball player, but then she recently started her own alternative to wine with plants and herbs and flowers. What's it called? Kale, C-A-L-E. It's a wellness company focused on alcohol alternatives, creating herbal wines. Cool. 
And she did it because she was worried about being pre-diabetic. That was kind of her rationale for starting that. So has an account for it called Wine for the Weeknight, five to nine. Yeah. Wine for the Weeknight. Non-alcoholic wine actually is a really good entry point because I feel like a lot that I've tried are very, very similar. There are some like rosés that honestly I wouldn't even, they taste exactly the same. I think hers might be alcoholic, but less sugary. Although I don't really know. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, it looks like site five to nine wine where you can check out. She has all these different types of elderberry wine, wine infused with herbs to more softly ease into the night. Like really interesting. Would those be products that you guys... Oh, so maybe... Maybe I made a good connection for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, yeah. I love this. It's sugar free and half the alcohol content and half the calories. There we go. This is a networking call to you guys. Um, Jason, I have a question for you that came up. I read a book called Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker, and she just talks about a lot of really interesting things surrounding alcohol. She draws a lot of parallels with cigarettes and the way that we viewed cigarettes and like doc had it and it was this one a day is good for you kind of like red wine amazing right but then she sort of just states the facts like the hard facts are that it's links to a lot of health issues one of them being she says seven different types of cancer and i'm wondering if this is something that ever comes up in your line of work do people ask should i lower my alcohol content when i've talked to my own doctors about this they always just say everything in moderation of course i had a doctor that just said frankly it's a toxin just keep in mind when you're having it what do you you say if someone asks you about it you pretty much answered you know gave all my talking points there you know beautifully you know it's funny like you said even with cigarettes you know there used to be these amazing ads with baseball players and doctors showing them smoking you know and and telling everybody to smoke and you often hear the literature now with alcohol that you know at least red wine supposedly is good for you you know But you have to realize, I think we talked about it, you and I already a little bit, that the people writing the articles probably are backed to some degree. You know, there's there's probably some interest in them writing that wine is good for you. Just like you said, it's a known toxin or poison. I mean, alcohol is clearly, for the most part, poisonous for us. There's really no reason why we should be consuming alcohol other than for the buzz. And then the other answer, everything in moderation, you know, is is probably reasonable to some degree. That's kind of my answer. I, I don't tell people to drink by any means. I certainly think drinking alcohol is better than doing crack cocaine so you know if you have to pick something you know drink alcohol choose the healthier route there you go but you know there's nothing wrong with occasionally getting a little buzz on i think as long as you're careful and cautious and all of that stuff that makes sense yeah i only had one doctor put it that bluntly most of them say in moderation and that's i'm similar to how ali drinks like i'll have a pretty intentional cocktail but then one when i was sort of struggling gut health issues which is a lot of what i read in that book and like a lot of articles is that it kind of just disrupts your microbiome, which 
then is linked to your immune system and inflammation and such. So while I wasn't feeling well, that's when she was like a pretty hard no while you're trying to recover from something, which I thought was blunt and good of her because most of my doctors are kind of like dancing around it. I could tell they didn't maybe want to give me the answer. I didn't want to hear, but it it was helpful because then I was able to pause and then come back to it when I felt like my stomach, my body could handle it. You know, there's nothing like having a good buzz when it's time to celebrate or relax or enjoy by all means. However you get that buzz, right? The way Ali can probably make a non-alcoholic cocktail and like you can hold it in your hand in, in the right glass, in the right lighting, probably feels really, like you said, sexy and exciting. That's the goal. But if it's sparkling water and a lime, maybe not in like a solo cup, maybe not the same vibe. So it's good to keep in mind like the context. I feel like intentional is really what you hit on the head there. It's more about this conscious drinking culture and whatever that looks like for you. But I think people now are just wanting to be more intentional with what they're putting into their body and hopefully taking a minute to realize that there are different ways to go about it. But if you're going to have a drink, be intentional about it and then not just conscious consuming without blindly. I have a crazy weird thought and question. There's no plan to target the under 21 market, or is there a plan to target the under 21 with these drinks? I've and it's never not thought of that. Because you could. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the articles that I read just to even prep for this, for some reason, a lot of them took place in the UK, even these huge newspapers. But there was one World Finance article, a few others that referenced that 18 to 24 age range. It does start before 21 and that their alcohol consumption changed typically like right after or during COVID that they mm-hmm. were maybe home. A lot of that like 40 plus crowd was drinking more at first because how are they separating work from home from mm-hmm. Day. Whereas that like younger crowd, it seemed to be that was cutting back. Maybe they're at their parents and they're not like out as much or whatever that looked like. And they switched to alternative beverage. So it could be something worth exploring to Jason's point. Or it's an alternative to, you know, when you go out with your kids or when you were a kid, instead of getting a Shirley Temple, you could get some right. cool, so much something better. really cool to drink that's healthier, less sweet and sugary. The Shirley Temple like that. I can still taste that. It's been probably over oh yeah since i've had one but i can taste it right now yeah extra cherries (laughs) do you guys see any other parallels and either of you i it sounds like you both or at least jason understood the parallel with the cigarettes that holly drew in her book where it's like this thing that has marketing dollars behind it and it has these interesting characters there was the cowboys with the cigarettes now there's mommy needs wine shirts and all these things that like have these character types do you see any other parallels and things that you enjoy in moderation that you think will trend later and kind of people will pull back on sugar for me is one i think that a lot of people have sort of realized okay processed sugar here at a birthday party have the cake but now sometimes people are doing okay could i have agave in that could i have honey in that is there like maple syrup option are there things that you do in moderation that you think will trend later I don't know. I feel like you do so many probably amazing health trends. It doesn't maybe need to be something in moderation. You're good at keeping on a good ritual, it seems like, and having that balance. Maybe sleep. Not oh, yeah. But like in excess, you know, that's something that I feel like people are paying attention to. I've been trying for the last eight years, maybe more or less, to be as plant-based as possible. 
But occasionally, you know, I'm more than happy to have a great slice of pizza or some ice cream or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely yeah. for food. I feel like I'm definitely I'm a big foodie and I definitely don't like to restrict myself. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't agree with me. So I'm not someone who ever would like and enjoy a big bowl of pasta because I just wouldn't feel good. But I love pizza and I think it's really important to like East have Coast. those foods in moderation. Yeah. Connecticut yeah. New York has the best pizza. So I'm not eliminating that by any means. (laughs) That's my guilty pleasure. (laughs) Mine too. That's a good one. I know that some people follow like an 80-20 rule with food too or something like majority of the time you're eating a way that it feels good and clean and then you let yourself have the things have the pizza have the ice cream weekend nights whatever 20 percent of the time indulge shabbat shabbat that's a good friday night ali i was researching you a little bit in your company it's called wellco Mm -hmm. and yeah my wellco and you curate for businesses and individuals, wellness things? Yeah. For example, I'm now hitting you up. I'm thinking about maybe this summer trying to go do a week-long yoga retreat. Would that be something you would figure out? Yes, I love that. Retreats are actually a big, one of the primary verticals that I work with with hospitality brands. And I've been doing a ton of research personally and professionally on what are the best retreats out there that are a good spend of your money and not too woo-woo. There's, it kind of depends. There's a spectrum of retreats, right? Right. There's some where you're going to go in a cave with a shaman. There's some with psychedelics. There's some with just breath work and meditation. It just depends where you are on your wellness journey, but I love curating those for sure. Do you personally get to try those out, different ones out, or go on them and stuff? Yes, I've done a couple. I'm trying to do more, for sure. Do you give us some hot tips on finding the right retreats? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I curate them for myself a little bit. Like, I love Miraval and Sivana. Really good. Sivana is probably like my top five. That's in Arizona, not too far from Phoenix. So Sivana is really good. There's also a couple energy healers in Sedona that they do a couple, they do like a three day or a two day, but they really kind of clear that negative energy out. If someone's looking for a perfect retreat and they want to be like, I want to make sure I'm not going into somewhere that feels like a cult. I also want to feel like I'm going somewhere structured that feels like I'm getting the most bang for my buck. Where would someone start? I would start with figuring out from like a mind, body, soul setting from like those four main pillars, what you're really craving, because there's some that are very food focused. There are some that are very mindful where it's like very much on like meditation, breathing, sound baths, like very spiritual. And then there are some that honestly can just be, they might not be marketed as a wellness retreat, but it's like in nature and you're on a safari or you're on a beach and that can be just as beneficial as doing those five day long juice cleanses sometimes even better yeah so i think just like getting intentional what would success look like for you leaving that retreat how do you want to feel what do you want to experience then look at it from a cost perspective and then do a little bit of research it's like planning a vacation you have to like look through make a pros and cons list it's not a and you do this for individual people or big companies or all of the above i haven't 
done it for individuals, but I'm totally open for that. So I've been after, doing it for after this podcast like, offline. I'm hitting you up, you know. Oh my god, I would love that. That would be like my dream project. So I for totally sure. am. Yeah, but, I would love to do that. But since you mentioned that, I have to ask, and it's not what I'm looking for. Have you done any hallucinogenic experiences? I personally have not, but I'm fascinated by it. And I think yeah. that I would say the next three to five years, I think mushrooms, especially in California, are going to be booming. I think we're like right on the cusp of it. I've had a couple friends who have done it a ton and have had great healing from it. My level of consciousness is pretty high through my own healing and wellness rituals, where I don't think I need to necessarily take psychedelics to have this big moment. But I think for people who are subconsciously operating at a very toxic level and need this aha moment, it might work better for them. That's where I sit with them, but I'm fascinated by it. I think it's yeah. very interesting. And it's going to get bigger and bigger as we yeah. progress now. Is my Welco touching upon that stuff yet or not really? There is a retreat that my friend and I were talking about looking at. I don't know if I'm personally ready to try it yet. I think I'm, I'm so clean. I haven't smoked weed really like I don't do anything so I feel like that might be too much for me where I would like freak out but (laughs) I would say for observing someone else do it Michael Pollan have you guys heard of him he's a professor he has a book called how to change your mind it's a book on psychedelics and there's also a Netflix series that talks about a lot of it's psilocybin but he explores LSD and all these other drugs Mm -hmm. which doctors use studies with these psychedelics in them in which countries because a lot of them of course couldn't be in the U.S. It's probably no surprise for you, Jason. And then how those studies went. So I think, as we know, like psilocybin's become so much more available in California, Oregon, Colorado. It's legal now. I think that's probably a next big push as people are coming California sober, which is, you know, no alcohol, but maybe they smoke, maybe they explore mushrooms, which is psilocybin. So that would be- I mean, I've never heard that phrase before. That's amazing. (laughs) California sober. Yeah. Wow. No hangover, but you still get to feel a little funky. I think that's a good place to start. His books are really informed. And he said he didn't try any psychedelics. I think he said until he was in his later 50s or 60s. I'm not a hunt. I don't want to be quoted on that, but it's an interesting book. He gives a thousand talks to like that are great and also represent Berkeley because we've got Jason's got a Berkeley girl and I'm a Berkeley girl. There you go. Amazing. Okay. So psilocybin is maybe the next exploration. Jason, or in your retreat, is this what Ali's going to help you find? (laughs) No, I I just want to do kind of a a serious yoga, some kind of yoga retreat. But interestingly, I did recently reach out to my, but I do this annual guys trip and I pitched, we we do this annual guys trip and I had pitched to them. I said, let's do a, a vision quest trip kind of thing. Just kind of, I threw it out there. And everybody just laughed at me. And so at some point in time, I'd be interested in trying it. The more and more people I talk to, serious people and and people in healthcare, and they're experimenting or even fully embracing that stuff. So it it intrigues me. I regret that I didn't try any of those things as as a youth. Hopefully my kids don't listen to this because it is on my to-do list at some point. I, I don't know when though yet. You sound just like Michael Pollan in his documentary, so I don't think there's an expiration date on that. He didn't do it in his 20s. He was, you know, retired or semi-retired and then decided to explore, write this book. 
and do this documentary and all these studies. I don't think there's a date and time that you have to do it by. Maybe we have to call him and get him on the podcast and talk about it with him. That would be an amazing dream. Yeah. Such an, an interesting person. He also did a, a documentary on food. So he's just very experiential and well-rounded with the mind and body. Ali, I want to ask you, Ali Krupnik. So how did your journey into this start? Was, was this always you or did something happen or? Yeah, good question. From the age, my mom was a tutor, is a two-time breast cancer survivor. So I, from an early age, from the age of 13, when I was kind of like growing up and watching her go through her cancer journey, I started becoming very conscious of what I was putting into my body and really started to make that like a lifestyle. It's had many iterations since then. But I also was a chronic migraine during that same time from the age of like 13 to 25. I think I had chronic migraines every single day and really bad acne. And I took it upon myself when I was getting all these medications from all the doctors and they are just like, oh, take this gabapentin and all these other things. And and I was like, no, I'm not. I want to figure out a way to use wellness to figure out where my migraines are coming from. I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. So it very much was a trial and error journey for myself and figuring out like what foods, what rituals, what did I need to change about my lifestyle to help me feel better. And then once I did that, my migraines went away. I was on Accutane at one point for my skin. And I was like, I just, if you just change your diet and lifestyle, all of these things kind of fall into place. So it's definitely been a journey that I've been on for myself. Thank awesome. you for sharing that. Yeah. You wanted the fix, not the band-aid for the thing. Which Yes. Yes. There is no pill that can solve a mismanaged life, I will say. <laughs> can you go Yeah. <laughs> Can the doc confirm that there's no pill that can solve a life? Not yet. I love that quote. Not yet. Maybe one day, but we're we're definitely not there yet. We're working I can confirm. Allie, yeah. how would someone reach out to you if they wanted to, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, be health coach or look for a better for you cocktail event? Where would they go to yeah. those things? You can find me on Instagram at mywellco, or you can send me an email at Allie at mywellco.com. Awesome. What are you guys watching? We always end with what we're watching, reading, or consuming anything. Ooh, I've been watching Shark Tank very aggressively. Ooh, is that I really exciting? like Shark Tank. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to like be more intentional about my TV consumption as well. So I like to do documentaries or things versus just Bravo. So yeah, I've been really inspired by Shark Tank recently. <laughs> are, you, are you hoping to ultimately pitch your uh, company there at Shark Tank? I don't think so, but maybe one day. Yeah. I just like the ideas. It's pretty cool, Shark Tank. I agree. We, we actually, one of our earlier guests, an anesthesiologist, was a Shark Tank contestant. She had, forget her, it was some kind of... Uh, numbing medicine or I think maybe for kids some kind of so that kids don't feel pain when they're getting something that she tried to pitch on Shark Tank I, I don't think she got a deal but it was very helpful for her but, yeah pretty what you, cool what are you watching or consuming I think we talked about it a little bit we're watching Yellowstone got late to the party so we're midway through the third season 
and really liking the liking it more and more now, but just loving the outdoors and the nature part, you know, that that whole feeling of being in nature and trying to preserve that. That's that's really ringing true to both me and the master injector, my wife, Bernice. But then I, I think I told you I just finished reading Eat, Pray, Love. I, f- I finished it. And that's also part of this journey, you know, with wellness. And I'm in love with that book, Eat, Pray, Love. I, I'm so upset I finished it because I was just enjoying it so much. The Each part of her journey and the spiritual, the meditative. So that's kind of where I am. I love the tie-in to our wellness chat, especially exactly. the spiritual parts and what you might be looking in your in your own retreat. Yeah. Yes. What about you? Thank you for asking, Jason. I'm right now. (laughs) This is going to be a little funny. I found the extended version of all the Twilight movies, and I've never seen any of them. So I thought it would be interesting to see what did they cut out. And it's been really fun and funny because I think what they cut out was maybe cringier, moodier scenes. So it's been almost hard to watch, but I can't look away. So that's been what I got into this week. It was like a nostalgia trip. Wow. That's fun. Do you have the song in your head now? I just got the song in my head because you mentioned the Twilight movie. Which one? For a million. That's going to be stuck in my head all week now. Yeah, you'll be singing that for a week. Yeah, the soundtrack is like as moody as it gets and just the cringy scenes of them locking eyes and walking are so fun. If you're looking for a good, just like a good relaxing background movie, it's been great. Are you team? Jacob or who's the other guy's name? We're team team Edward. Edward. I don't know. It's been since I was in high school, so I can't switch now. Even if I disagree with maybe like rewatching it. If I had a friend in a relationship like that, I'd be a little worried about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I stick with Team Edward because that's what it's been. Well, thank you both so much for meeting here. It's been my first time with a guest on Allie or my first guest, at least. I know Jason's had a few. So I appreciate it. Oh, fun. Allie, yeah, of thank course. You so Thanks much for having for, me. Thank you so much for joining us at Gross Anatomy. And I seriously would love to hit you up and pick your brain. Sure. Because we really are trying to plan some kind of something this summer. And I have no clue. So I would love that. Yeah, let's do it. Thank awesome. you. Talk to you guys both soon. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. As a reminder, Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. 